The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And boy, what an episode we have for you this week. That's right, we're going to get ready for this Georgia-Alabama matchup coming up on Saturday night. Break down the Saban COVID news, dive into everything across the world of college football. But before we get to that... We want to let you know that this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. That's right. Are you tired of losing in fantasy sports? Times are changing. Now it's just you versus the numbers. Prize Picks is the perfect place for you, whether the injury bug ruined your season-long team or you're a seasoned vet in the daily fantasy space. On Prize Picks, you simply select two, three, or four players and predict if they will go over or under their fantasy points projection. Think George Pickens is going to have a big weekend in Tuscaloosa? Score a touchdown and 100-plus receiving yards? Well, take us over and win real cash today. What about the Braves? They're in the NLCS with a 3-1 lead. You can check out what Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman are projected at and select if they will go over or under as well. Take the overs or unders and win real cash today. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10x your money for getting four predictions correct. 10x if you get four predictions correct. Entries are so simple, they can be made in less than 60 seconds. Sign up today at prizepicks.com or on the Prize Picks app and use the promo code PUNT, P U N T, PUNT, to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Prize Picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. Go to prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app and use the promo code PUNT to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. If you've used Prize Picks in the past and you haven't used the promo code PUNT yet, go into customer support, use the promo code PUNT and get that 100% instant deposit match. If you have used the promo code PUNT, you can't double dip. I mean, come on, people. I got I got people texting me. I got people messaging me. You can't use the promo code more than once. We love our friends at Prize Picks, but that's just crazy. All right? So use the promo code PUNT if you haven't already, or sign up if you haven't already. Go to prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app and use the promo code PUNT. All right, let's dive into this episode of Punt and Pass. We got Aaron in the fold. We're going to break it all down. A huge week in the college football coming up, so let's do it. All right, here we go. Aaron Murray's in the fold. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 And head on over to puntandpass.com for everything you need to get ready for another awesome weekend of college football. Murray, it's Friday. We had to delay our Punt and Pass publishing by one day because of the craziness that happened Wednesday afternoon when it was reported that Nick Saban has COVID, and so does Alabama's athletic director, Greg Byrne. Good news, great news. They're both asymptomatic. They're both feeling fine. We're going to dive into that and its effects on this gigantic matchup. Number two versus number three, Georgia at Alabama, excuse me, in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night. But with that being said, and before we talk about our games, and before we dive into the Saban stuff, and before we get into punt, pass, and pick, let's just... 
let's wrap up the general sentiment around college football right now because after Saban got it, everybody who has said we shouldn't play college football this season, all the naysayers just ran to Twitter, ran to social media, ran to their microphones, much like you and I are doing right now, and essentially we're saying shut it down, okay? I think we're losing sight of the fact that 143 games have been played, no players have been hospitalized, I'm not even aware of any players having serious symptoms, and I think after this weekend, 30 games have been canceled, Aaron, does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, the amount of games that have been played here, and, I, and, and obviously we focus a lot on the SEC, but you know, go to these other conferences that have been playing for two or three weeks longer than what the SEC was playing for. I mean, there's been a lot of really good football, a lot of great football. And and listen, to, for anyone to think that there wasn't going to be any slip-ups, uh, any any cancellations of games, you're just crazy. I mean, there is a reason why they baked in these bye weeks. Yeah. And there's a reason why they're, for the, at least the SEC, uh, an all-SEC schedule. They knew there was going to be issues along the way. They knew there were going to be coaches and players and people within the facility that that, that come down with COVID, uh, and they're going to have to do a little bit of a shuffle. So I don't think it's anything to worry about. Uh, like I said, I've been really pleased with the fact that we've been able to get through as many games as we can. And, and I think right now, you know, going to Florida this weekend, um, that football game that was, that was postponed, uh, then obviously the Nick Saban news, I think maybe this was just a little bit of a wake-up call. Yeah not just the SEC, but for the country and for those conferences that are going to be playing here in the next couple of weeks, Mountain West, Pac-12, uh, the Big Ten, you know, that, hey, listen, it's it's we're still a long way to go, mm-hmm. and you just can't relax right now. I mean, if you want to be able to play a full season, this is something that you're going to have to be on top of uh, until December, until January, until February, uh, until we find a vaccine. So, like I said, I just think this week maybe was a wake-up call for a lot of the SEC who thought that everything was just going great, we're just going to continue to play football uh, and not have to worry about this COVID thing. And no, there's, there still is a worry, but I, I still am very confident that we're going to continue the season. The season will be fine. Uh, we just got to get back to making sure we're doing the right things. Yeah, it's definitely a wake-up call, and that's fine. I mean, the NFL had one as well, and that's what you just said. it. Every official, every administrator went on with this season knowing very well that this was going to happen. Not that there was a possibility that it would happen, but that it was going to happen. There was virtually no chance that you were going to have zero infections without having a bubble. A bubble at the college level is essentially impossible, but they weighed the risks. They looked at the data, and then they said, hey, we should probably try to have a college football season, remain some sense of normalcy, create some sort of revenue in order to save athletic departments, in order to uphold academic institutions, yes, that's not hyperbole, and save thousands of careers across the country. And so far, through almost eight weeks, doing a pretty damn good job. So I think it's hats off to the coaches, hats off to the administrators, hats off to the student-athletes to this point. But, yes, this is a wake-up call. You have to remain vigilant. I love this tweet from Danny Cannell this morning, and I'll quote Danny Cannell, and I like Danny. I think he's great. Yeah, he does a great job. Reminder to those still criticizing college football and those who have amped up their sky-is-falling rhetoric. 143 games have been completed, zero hospitalizations, or even any major issues with the players and coaches who have tested positive. That is a remarkable success so far. It is. There's no other way you can look at that. What, 30 games have been postponed? I think a, a handful have been actually canceled. That's why they baked in the bye weeks. That's why they went conference only. That is why they remain flexible so you could manage and adapt as these situations came up, and they're coming up. It's unfortunate what happened with Florida and LSU this weekend. That was going to be a great doubleheader with CBS. I think as teams can stay flexible with moving games week in and week out, depending on what's happening with COVID, TV networks should be flexible by moving some games to fill the day on Saturday. Like, there's such a packed slate at noon. We need to move some of those games to 3.30, but what do I know? I'm just the smartest guy in college football, right? I mean, what are we even talking about? All right, let's talk about Coach Saban. So the news broke Wednesday afternoon. I thought it was a rumor at first. I mean, you got to double-check everything, right? Especially with the buildup for this Georgia-Alabama game. Nick Saban's 21-0 against his former assistant coaches, and Kirby's going to try to knock him down, and then boom. 
I think it was like 5 p.m. Coach Saban has COVID. I'm like, come on, no way. Get on Twitter, Sports Center reports it, Alabama reports it. It's as real as rain. The old man, he's 68 years old, looks healthy, acts healthy, mm-hmm. has COVID. That's scary at first. It is scary at first, but thankfully, he's asymptomatic. His daughter put out a tweet and said, Coach did practice from Zoom at home today. He's feeling totally fine. And then yesterday, I saw that there was a quote from Bruce Feldman, and it says, an update on Nick Saban from Jeff Allen. I don't know who Jeff Allen is. Do you, Aaron? I don't know. I do not. Quote, Coach Saban was evaluated by our team physician, Dr. Jimmy Robinson, today. Coach remains asymptomatic at this point and is doing fine. He is continuing to self-isolate and will remain in the SEC testing protocol while being evaluated daily. What's crazy here, though, Aaron, is that none of the players tested positive, and they get tested daily. So, game on as far as I'm concerned. And it sounds like Friday at 9.15 a.m. on October 16th, the game's going to be played tomorrow evening, barring any crazy circumstances that come up later on today. Yeah, and and I guarantee if you ask Nick Saban, does he want to play this game, he would say yes. It's about the players, and and obviously he wants to be on the sideline, but – at the end of the day, we, we got to go ahead and we got to play these games. And there's been other coaches, as we've seen this year, who haven't been on the sidelines, who've done what he's done, do the Zoom meetings, uh, maybe do a little pregame something, something where he talks to the team. And then, you know, it's up to Sark, man. Can Sark kind of get going yeah. as the head coach or head coach for the day for the Alabama Crimson Tide? And, and then there's not going to be a lot changed um, right there on the sideline. And if anything, maybe these players want to play a little bit harder for Coach Saban. I mean, maybe they, it's a rallying cry for those guys, especially on the defensive side of the football, to step it up and play a little bit harder. But, you know, the, the normal game plan, the offensive defense, that stuff's going to be set. Uh, it's, it's really going to be situational football, which is going to be a little bit different because every head coach, you know, calls it a little bit differently. I mean, you can go over it all week with Coach Saban. Okay, yeah. you know, it's, it's fourth down at the plus 40, we're going for it. Or it's fourth down at the plus 38, we're going to punt it. I mean, these, these are certain situations, but... Also, the games are, are – you don't know what the game's going to be like. I mean, you may be down 14 points. You may be up 14 points. Yeah. Where all of a sudden that changes of mindset of going for it or not going for it, using a timeout, not using a timeout at the end of the half, end of the game. So those certain situations, every coach has their own spin on it. Like I said, you can talk to Saban as much as you want to get his opinion on it pregame. But like I said, you don't know how the game's going to shape up. You don't know what's going to be like the atmosphere, the energy, the emotions of it. So that's going to be the challenge for Sark during that game Saturday night and 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 we'll see how he calls those those situations. Yeah, and make no mistake, like there are certain things that have to happen. There are triggers, there are guidelines and it is a protocol in order to cancel a football game or postpone a football game. A certain amount of players have to be infected in certain position groups, clusters if you will, have to be infected just because your head coach has it. Doesn't mean you can just cancel the game. I mean, Kevin Sumlin in Arizona had it. Uh, Mike Norvell at Florida State had it. They still played. Um, who else had it? I'm trying to think of another head coach that had it, Aaron. Uh, there's been a handful. I want to say four or five. Yeah, there's uh, been a handful. And shit, the, the national news didn't cover it like Coach Saban. They're probably sitting around going, where's my shine at? You know, but if Alabama, and, and, I, and I, I still feel this way, and, you know, put my tin hat on, call me a conspiracy theorist, whatever. If Alabama wants this game to be canceled Saturday night, they will damn sure get it canceled. Believe me when I say this. If Nick Saban and athletic director Greg Byrne feel it in their heart that it's in their best interest to postpone this game, they will call Birmingham, they will call Greg Sankey, and they will push for this game to be postponed. And guess what will happen? The game would be postponed because they call the shots. It's as simple as that. I'm shocked it hasn't happened yet. We still have time. That could be a decision that's yeah. made in just know, a few you hours know what from the now. The great story is going to be, you know, Georgia beats Alabama minus Nick Saban. Fast forward SEC championship game, the return of Saban to get his revenge since he missed the game. I mean, that that's yes. just a super sexy storyline. So that's why, I mean, they're not canceling the game. And like I said, my original comment, Nick Saban does not want to cancel this game. Listen, okay, I like they, that. They have the SEC West wrapped up. On lock. There's no doubt in my mind. This game, you want to win it. You want to go undefeated. Yes. Uh, yes, I completely understand that. They're going to win the SEC West. There's no one in that side of the division that can beat Alabama at all. Yeah. I mean, they already took care of AM, and all of a sudden now AM's the second best team in the West as we head into this fourth week of SEC football. So, you know, uh, they are going to be an SEC championship game. 
they will get another shot at the dogs or yeah. Florida. And all that matters is that you win in Atlanta. And yeah. if you win in Atlanta, you're in the playoffs. So that's why I just don't think that that they, they care that much. One, they, they're at home. Um, one, they have a good football team. And two, like I said, if they win or lose, they, they're still going to be playing in Atlanta. And that's 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 where the real money is. No, you're doubt. No doubt. And you said it. You have to win in Atlanta unless you're Alabama, of course. If Alabama were to win this football game against Georgia and then lose in Alabama, I mean, excuse me, lose in the SEC championship game, of course they could still get into the well, I would, college I would say the, I would say the same thing's true for Georgia. See, though. I, think I don't think so, and this I is think why. Georgia's ten and zero and loses a game to Alabama in the SEC no. championship. I would say, well, I would say Georgia would be in too, because who else would you put in ahead of them? The Big 12's out. Pac-12, unless someone's balls out in that league, they're not in. Yeah. There's going to be two SEC teams in. Unless Cincinnati yeah. rolls and, and goes undefeated, there, there's no one else to put in but two SEC teams. All right, and here's why I say this, and I read this in the poor man's game notes yesterday. Shout out to Ryan Skates, great friend of the podcast. Go subscribe to the poor man's game notes. He said it perfectly. He said if Georgia wins tomorrow— and loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game, we will wake up that selection Sunday, and Kirk Herbstreet will be on ESPN saying, well, Georgia's Georgia beat Alabama, but Nick Saban wasn't there, and the strength, you know, the quality win, and they will play down this Georgia victory any way they see fit to try to finagle Georgia out of the college football playoff if they don't win the SEC championship. That's just, I think every Georgia fan feels that as well. It's unfortunate Coach Saban won't be on the sideline. It's clear that he won't be able to have any telecommunication from outside the stadium to the sideline, which is fine. Again, that's SEC guideline. Who cares at this point? But if Georgia wins, when they win, it will be played down after the game. It will be played down weeks after the game. It will be played up before the SEC championship game. Well, Georgia, you know, they didn't beat Alabama with Coach Saban, and this will be so different, and Alabama's looking for revenge, and Coach Saban still has a perfect record against his feet. It's all bullshit, and that's what's going to happen. It's just crazy to me, Aaron. Do you agree with me, at least to a sense on that point? I totally hear you when you say two SEC teams are primed to get in the college football playoff, but I just see that storyline lingering around and kind of percolating all the way to SEC championship weekend. Granted, Georgia makes it to the SEC championship. Yeah, the, the excuse is going to be Nick Saban wasn't. If, the, if, the, if, if, if Georgia does win the game tomorrow night, the excuse is going to be that Nick Saban wasn't there. And of it's, Listen, it's a valid excuse. He's yeah. the greatest coach of all time. Yes, I, mean, yeah, I agree with you. Having him on the sideline and having him not on the sideline. I mean, it just his presence alone uh, is just it, – it's great for those players. I mean, there's a reason why kids go to Alabama. Yep. They want to play football for Nick Saban. Exactly. Because he is the best. He's going to win championships, and he's going to put you in the NFL draft. So uh, to not have him on the sideline is going to mess with those kids a little bit. So, yes, it is an excuse. I think it is a valid excuse. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Georgia, if they win, you can't say that, oh, Alabama was a better team than Georgia. If they had Saban, uh, they would have won the football game. I think Nick Saban on the sideline, and you and I had talked about it earlier in the week, I still think Georgia w- could possibly win that game yeah. even with Saban of on course, the sideline. Of course, being on the road. So um, it, it is an excuse. It will be used as an excuse. But I still am a believer that, if, that there's a really good chance this year, like a 75% chance that you're going to get two SEC teams in. Okay. So I, I mean, unless, I like that. Unless Georgia wins this game and then loses to Florida um, or loses somewhere else along the way and still goes to the SEC championship game and then loses to Alabama. And if you have a two-loss East team, then I then it gets a little hairy about two SEC teams in. But if Georgia takes care of business, loses an SEC championship game, I'm telling you, two SEC teams will be in the playoffs this year. All right. I mean, again, I like hearing that. I was shocked to see that Vegas thinks Coach Saban's presence on the sideline was worth three points. Some some even said three and a half points. It was initially taken off the board. It was putting back up as Alabama as a three and a half point favorite. I think a lot of people jumped on Alabama with that short number. Looks like it's back up to four and a half, but make no mistake. Again, as of 9.20 a.m. on Friday, this game is being played. Sark will be the interim head coach, if you will. Saban will not have any communication with the team. He won't be there at all on Saturday, which will make for an awesome storyline. Speaking of storylines, 
I lost a bet to my wife this week. We won't get into the details of what the bet was, but all you need to know is that I lost. If you listen to Punt and Pass, which a lot of you do, you understand that my wife went to Alabama. This is always a big week in our house. And um, the past two games, it has not been fun because Georgia fans have gotten their hearts absolutely ripped out and stepped in front of their own faces. So the bet that I lost was that she was going to be able to come on Punt and Pass to discuss the absence of Nick Saban. So let's call in my wife, Jackie Butler, and I'll just give you a little warning. There's nothing on earth like an Alabama female football fan. They think every first down is a game-winning touchdown. They think Nick Saban is God's gift to earth. They think Tuscaloosa and Bryant-Denny Stadium are legitimately heaven on earth. We all know that that's probably not the case, but we'll let them have it for the time being. Good thing she's beautiful and awesome, and my wife, so I put up with it. But let's bring her in. Hey, uh, Jackie, come on in here. I do this, and I and I give a deep sigh because I know what's coming. So let's plug her in. All right, put this on so Aaron can hear you. We just took. So hey, Jackie, here, you can sit on my lap. Here you go. Let's do it. All right, so we just discussed Nick Saban's not going to be there as of right now. The game will be played. Let's just hear your initial thoughts from an Alabama female football fan. No Nick Saban, a huge matchup this weekend. Does it even matter? It absolutely matters. Um, I think no save and no game was what I initially felt in my heart. No save and no game. Then I saw this amazing viral meme that went around with basically Saban's head virtually logging in on the sidelines. And then I told Drew, I was like, well, that's a great idea. What about that? And Drew said no telecommunications coming from outside the stadium. So I guess it wouldn't even be legal for Saban to be there virtually coaching. So they need to put him in the, they need to put him in the booger mobile, you know, just have him just put him in a little suit. Well, remember um, when, remember when Hugh freeze threw out his back and he coached from a hospital bed up in the press box um, yeah. at Liberty university. Like they could do that as well, but you have to quarantine him and unfortunately can't be around any people. So no Saban, no game. I feel like it's probably the general sentiment from Alabama fans. I mean, that's how important they think he is. Aaron and I have talked about it a little bit. We're going to dive into it a little bit more when we break down the game. But it's more so a situational football thing or an attitude thing. Jackie thinks Saban brings the juice from morning until kickoff, until the clock hits zero. You see him blame everybody around him when things go wrong. Obviously, it's never Saban's fault. Jackie, do you honestly think that he is the reason for the success on game day? It's more so Saban than the players. Absolutely. I think <laughs> no Saban, no game. I feel like there's some sort of a vibe and energy that he brings. There's no way. Yes, the players are obviously so well-trained. He has them like clockwork. They're so ready and honed in for game time. However, I think there's probably nothing like a player looking over and seeing Saban on the sideline, livid as hell, pissed off at you, being like, oh, shit head down, let's go. Like, I think that if Saban is not there, there's no way it's not 100%. It, it, it is true, though. I mean, it, he is, uh, he, he does bring an energy. I'm sure, like, who's going to give the pregame speech? Who's going to be doing all that stuff? I mean, that's it's, exactly. it's different. I mean, you, yeah, as football players, we are in a routine. I mean, we are creatures of habit. And when you throw a, a, a big wrench into everything without your head coach being there to give you the pregame speech, to run you out of the tunnel, to be screaming and yelling at you during the game. I mean, it's going to be a different atmosphere on the sideline, no doubt about it. I mean, you're already playing in a stadium that's only 20, 25% full. Uh, and then now all of a sudden you don't have your head coach on the field with you as well. So it is going to be very foreign for those kids, but suck it up. You're playing the game. You're on national television, CBS, eight o'clock primetime. You know, make it happen. Suck it up. Let's go. All right. So our two and a half year old daughter has just walked into the room. Uh, it's time for breakfast. I need your official prediction for the game. Who's going to win? What's the score? Oh my gosh! I mean, I didn't know I was going to be doing a prediction. What's I just up? wanted to come on here and talk some shit. I'm just so happy to be here. I mean, I've been asking for four years now, and Let's Drew go. will not let me. I had to ask Aaron Murray, the producer over here, Sharon. to let me on. I know. I want Sharon. Sharon's awesome. Prediction: I think Alabama's going to win by two touchdowns. Alabama by two touchdowns. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, Jackie, <laughs> honestly, why you're not allowed on the podcast? <laughs> I, I honestly have zero. Craziness. I have zero clue. I do hope. I do hope we win. All right. Well, Jackie, we love you, and thank you for your support as always honestly really quick question do you think georgia fans are happy that saban's not going to be there no because i think georgia fans felt like they could win this game so yeah. they don't want to hear the excuses yeah i agree we All just right. talked about that great job jackie Roll thank tide, you great podcasting for having me on <laughs>
All right, Jackie Butler makes her punt and pass debut, I think, in typical Jackie Butler fashion, if you know her. Those are her real feelings. That was not, uh, that was not generated for the podcast, I can promise you that. So let's start diving into these games. Before we do, though, we need to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Be sure to download the Prize Picks app. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT to get a 100% instant deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market. It is as simple as that. I played it all last weekend. I got people texting me, calling me, give me the Prize Picks promo code. It's fun. It's easy. You add two players, three players, four players. You can 10x your money. It's real cash. And they allow mixed sport entries, which is the best part. College football, NFL, Major League Baseball, Braves are in the NLCS, little 3-1 lead, go Braves. It has been so fun to watch. So download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT, go to prizepicks.com, P-U-N-T is the promo code. It has a slick and easy-to-use mobile app, both available in the App Store and on Google Play. That's Prize Picks. Download it, rate, review, and subscribe it. Use the promo code PUNT. We're going to give you a couple of player predictions here in just a little bit for Aaron and I on Prize Picks. All right. Let's dive into these games real quick. Again, huge bummer Florida LSU got postponed, but they'll get that in later on in the season. Three great games at noon. Let's start with one that I think is going to have a lot of implication in the SEC East, especially Kentucky travels to number 18, Tennessee. Look, Tennessee, it was what it was last weekend. It was a tale of two halves for him. Kentucky finally got on the board with a win at 24-2 against Mississippi State. I don't think Tennessee can allow Georgia to beat them twice. Your thoughts on this game, Aaron? Yeah, I listen. I you know I I like this Kentucky football team. I think Kentucky should be two and one right now, um, and 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 right now that Terry Wilson's playing really well. He's running the ball effectively. They got some great backs back there, but I, I just think Tennessee has some confidence. Even coming off the, the loss last week to Georgia, I do feel like they think that they are still a very good team. I think they're a good team. Uh, people want to be you know all week. I heard oh Garantano played like Garantano. I thought Garantano played fine last week for Georgia. I honestly did. I mean this is an elite defense that Georgia had and on the road, I think if anything, it was the offensive line who really struggled against the dogs, giving up sacks, not being able to run the football. So I like Tennessee. I think the offensive line steps up and plays better again this week. I think they run the ball. uh, And then defensively, they're good. They're just going to have to find a way to slow down that running game of Kentucky, but games at home should be some energy. Like I said, I think that team is feeling good even after the loss last week. So I like Tennessee in this one. Um, we're picking points here. What's yeah, point? Tennessee's a six-point favorite. Um, I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. Give me Tennessee. Yeah, I'm taking Tennessee as well. Like you said, if this team has made the strides that it seems like they have, Tennessee being, they should be able to regroup, especially with the leadership they have. Jeremy Pruitt's yep. in his third year. Garantano has played well besides the second half last year, last week, careless with the football. Look, offensive line, you've been challenged. Can you remain consistent at home? A bit. This is a big rivalry game. I'm telling you right now, Tennessee and Kentucky do not like each other. Establish the run is, game. This should be the third team in the SEC yeah. East right now. Yeah. This is big. And when again, their best team. And again, I, I think Tennessee could beat Florida at the end of the season. I, I really do. And, and that could yeah. happen depending on just how the rest of the season goes. Obviously, nobody knows at this point. But if Tennessee has made the strides that a lot of people think they have, they should be able to regroup and beat Kentucky by a touchdown. I'm on the same side as you. I'll lay the six points. Tennessee gets a big-time win here and remains in the race for that two or three spot in the SEC East. All right, quickly, have to touch on this game. In the ACC, number one Clemson comes into Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. It's at noon on ABC. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because the line is 27 points, all right? Clemson's a 27-point favorite. Obviously, that's a ton of points. When Clemson puts their foot on the gas pedal and steps on people's throats, they will do whatever they want from a scoreboard Mm -hmm. perspective. Trevor Lawrence, may he'll probably play the first series in the third quarter. Travis Etienne, likewise the same. How many guys get on the field for Clemson is probably the real thing you should be thinking about. When 27 is a great number because at the end of the game, it's going to be the third stringers and the walk-ons against Georgia Tech and only who knows what the score will look like. So do you think Clemson covers 27? These are such tough lines to pick. That's why I wanted to throw it into pump, pass, and pick. Listen, and, and you know I've, I've – I've... Spoken well of, of Jeff Sims, the quarterback for Georgia Tech. I think the kid has talent. I think the kid. Answer here, Gibbs, is, running back. It, he, he's he's going to be a good quarterback. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just 
this is the toughest defense he's going to face. This is the fastest defense he's going to face. They're deep. Um, I just, I think it's going to be a lot for him. I mean, he's a great athlete, but it's, it's, it's going to be shocking to him when he goes to take off and run. And he's seen defensive ends and linebackers that can keep up with him at times. He's going to be like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is big time football right yeah. now. So, you know, I, guess I like him. Um, but I just think Clemson is just too fast on the defensive side of the football. They're too good. And then obviously Trevor Lawrence, Etienne, uh, Rodgers, everyone on that offense is just going to uh, have their way. And they're going to have their way with everyone they face this year. So I'm going to take Clemson with the points here. I just think they, they, they showed a lot last week. Um, not just the offensive side of the football, but just the, mostly the defensive side of the football that really excited me even more about this Tiger football team. I'm going to take Georgia Tech plus 27. I mean, I, I just don't know. I, Clemson against inferior opponents, and in a situation like this where it's an early game, they're going to get a huge lead. They're going to pull everybody with 10 minutes left in the yeah, third but it's quarter. Just the, the, the depth on the defense, though, I mean, they're twos are damn good. I mean, they're rotating those guys the entire football game. So I just feel like I said, I feel confidence in even in, in, in Clemson's second team. Yeah, of course. Defensively, because they're all four and five star guys and they've all played a lot already this season. So, I mean, obviously there is a drop, but that, that drop is still a really good defense with the twos in there. Yeah, I'm thinking more of the threes in the walk-ons. And I love the third teamers in the walk-ons. I mean, that's who I was on the bus with and on the plane with during all yeah. my time at Georgia because the specialists hang out with the third-teamers and the walk-ons. I love you. I just don't know if they're going to be able, because I think Tech will want to put points on the board, somehow keep some sort of juice. So I'll take the 27. You know what? And I hate taking Georgia Tech, but that's where I'm at right now. That'll be a fun game to kind of thumb through. All right, this game should have been moved to 330. It should have, especially after everything that happened. Number 15, Auburn, heads to Columbia to take on South Carolina. Auburn's a three-point road favorite. These two teams seem to be trending in different directions. A lot of question marks around Auburn. Gus Malzahn, the usual whispers that you hear week four, week five, every single season seemingly. But South Carolina, I, I think, is a revitalization on the offensive side of the ball. Seems like the players are responding well to Coach Bobo. Seems like the fans are liking the pace and tempo that the South Carolina offense is playing with. This could be a fantastic victory for South Carolina to kind of hang their hat on, get a top 15 win, and keep chugging along through this season. Yeah, I like South Carolina in this game. Um, Auburn right now should be 1-2 and two and maybe 0-3. Oh I mean, they're just – they're very average on both sides of the football. I mean, they're not bad. I just don't think they're great. Um, and, and, I, and, and you know, I think South Carolina, even their two losses this year, has played well. You know, I, I agree with you. Bobo has really got that offense going with Colin Hill. Shai Smith is an absolute stud. Uh, teams have been really struggling to kind of match up with him because Bobo does a great job moving him around. Uh, and then the game's at home as well. So I like South Carolina. I think South Carolina wins this football game uh, and gets to two and two. Like I said, mostly for the fact that I just don't think Auburn um, is is anything really special this season. Yeah, I, I think I'm on the same side as you here. I think South Carolina is going to be playing with more urgency in this football game. Like you said, I mean, the debacle of the end of the game between Auburn and Arkansas last week was mind-blowing. They know they stole one away. Uh, give big ups to Anders Carlson, who made that field goal to win the game. I mean, he could have missed it, and they really could have lost it. But I think the urgency, a hungry dog runs faster, I think— South Carolina wins this game, and especially getting three points at home. Give me a live home dog. I love the points here. I think South Carolina could win outright. Yep. How come people are tweeting at me, Aaron loves Bo Nix, Aaron and Bo Nix? Bo... I know you love a lot think, of quarterbacks, I but Nicks, I think Bo Nix has played well this year. He's I mean, certainly Bo... gotten better. He's gotten better. Um, like I said, I think both sides of the football for Auburn are good. I just don't think either side is dominant. You know, they're, they're just not dominant offensively, defensively. But like I said, I think Bo Nix, as, as to me, is taking a step forward this year. Um, obviously, I really like Bigsby, their running back. They got some good receivers for Auburn. Offensive line's a little bit of a question mark. Defensive line's a little bit of a question mark. Um, and, and you have to play well in the trenches, as we know in the SEC, if you want to be a dominant football team. And they just are not very dominant on either line of scrimmage right now. You know what? I, I agree with you. And Bo Nix does not deserve all of the blame. And I will no. stand in the foxhole with you and take fire because you've said it all season long. Guys, 
It's not always the quarterback. You can't blame everything on the quarterback, and I do agree to that to a point. But, but Drew, you can praise the quarterback for all the wins, though. Okay. Now that that's been cleared up, I definitely understand where you're going with that one. But Bo Nix, I mean, offensive line have been playing that well. They have not been able to establish the run game. You can't just blame it all on him. Yep. Um, and if they would have lost that game last week, you could have blamed that all on him at the end of the game. But I like South Carolina in this spot. Give me the three points at home. All right, one more game before we get to this Georgia-Alabama matchup. Staying in the SEC, number 11, Texas A&M, coming off a humongous win against Florida a week ago. Heads to Stark Vegas to take on Mississippi State, who is reeling. A&M is a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. This game is at 4 p.m. on SEC Network. Can Mississippi State find something here? And then on the flip side, Aaron, is Texas A&M mature enough to move past a big victory last week and keep stacking wins? Well, I mean, listen, they haven't had a big win like this and and, and definitely in Jimbo's time, really. So um, I, I do. I think there's a confidence. I think there's confidence heading for A&M heading into the season that, you know, we got a bunch of guys back from last year. We got experienced quarterback and Kellen Mond. And, you know, I think if they would have lost last week, like I said on the show, I think that that, 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 that would have turned the season really sour for those guys there. Uh, but the fact that they won, they, they do. They have a bunch of veteran guys that have played a lot of football. I, I, I think they use that win to propel them this season moving forward. I think Kellen Mond's finally got the monkey off his back about not playing well in big-time football games. Um, so I, I think Texas A&M does their thing. I mean, until Mississippi State proved to me that they can move the ball against a team that wants to drop eight in coverage and score points, yeah. I'm not going to pick them. It's been two weeks in a row that teams have just they literally they rush three, they drop eight, they play cover two, cover four, cover three. They don't play man like LSU did. And they said, if you want to beat us, you're going to have to dink and dunk it and score in 14, 15, 16 plays. And, and we bet you're going to screw up somewhere along the line yep. so until they can prove to me that they have the patience to do that. I'm not picking them. So I'm going to take A&M right here. Um, especially with the comments they have after last week. I agree with you. You said the patience of Mississippi State. Can you be disciplined enough to go through a 12-play, a 15-play drive, not turn the ball over, not get greedy? That's one thing. The other thing is the athletes. I mean, let's be for real, right? Texas A&M has better athletes than Mississippi State. Does Mississippi State have the athletes, the horses, to maintain that game plan and not mess up over 60 minutes? I'll say no. I think it goes to show how bad LSU is this year. I I really do. And I keep going back to week one. Arkansas gave Georgia a nice run. Arkansas seems to be okay. I mean, Arkansas will beat Mississippi State, right? They did. They did. What am I saying? They already did, yeah. It's already been done. Yeah, it's already already been done. I'm glad my thought process was correct on that one. I don't (laughs) think Mississippi State has the athletes, has the horses to run that game plan, which has been shown to be needed to beat a team like Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M continues the momentum. Aaron and I both lay the four and a half. A&M continues to roll, and look, they have a top five victory. They, they'll they probably sneak into the top ten. They're number 11 ranked right now after this week, so maybe Jimbo's starting to turn this thing around. I don't know, but we're both on the same side. I think it's more the fact that the SEC West just sucks Yeah, right it's now. not good. The SEC West is, is terrible. Um, I mean, the fact that LSU lost to Missouri, even though they got my boy there at quarterback, but yep. still makes it out of Missouri. Mississippi State's not great. Auburn's average, as we've discussed. Um, you know, AM, you know, we were dogging them last week, but they still have a chance. And, and as of right now, they're the second best team uh, in that side of the SEC. So it, it's, a, it's a really kooky year on that side. And I don't know if you want to compare both sides. It's kind of hard, too, because I guess AM beat Florida. Um, and I guess if Alabama beats Georgia this week, then maybe you say the West is better. I think oh, maybe, wow. Transitive property. Like that. Like that. Yeah, you like that. But maybe <laughs> East is a little deeper. Um, from top to bottom, I don't know. We have to we wait another week or two to see some of these cross games uh, and how they turn out before we start making that decision. But it's just a weird, weird year, uh, I would say, in the SEC West right now. Absolutely. Weird year all around. All right, let's do this. Let's break down the Georgia-Alabama game. we got about 10 more minutes left. I just pulled up the prize picks board. It's live. College football picks for this weekend. Fantasy projections. Give me, give me a couple here, all right? I'm going to throw two at you off the bat. Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, we just told you they're playing at Georgia Tech. These guys are not going to see three quarters of action. Trevor Lawrence is projected at 29.5 fantasy points. Travis Etienne is projected at 26 fantasy points. 
I, Drew Butler, tell you right now, take the under on both. Take the under on both. These guys are not playing 60 minutes of football. They'll probably get two to three touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, three touchdowns, no picks, 300 yards, pull them. That's not 30 fantasy points. Travis Etienne probably breaks a long one. Clemson will be up 28 points at halftime. They will pull everybody. I think this is a lock. Take the unders on Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. 29 and a half for Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne's at 26. I want to talk about this Georgia-Alabama game. Got some great lines here, Aaron. Give me your thoughts. Mac Jones projected at 27 fantasy points against Georgia's defense. I don't know. That seems pretty rich for my taste. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a lot going against this defense, and I think you're going to see an Alabama team that is going to uh, at least attempt to run the football to take some pressure off Mac because that, that coverage on the back end for Georgia, and we've seen that they've been able to rush just four defenders and play seven guys uh, you know, deep in the back end and really give some, give some really unique looks, I would say, to quarterback. So um, it's going to be tough sledding for this Alabama team. I know they're a lead on offense. They can make plays. I'm not saying they're going to be single-digit offense by any means. I think they're going to be able to score at points throughout the ballgame, but I, I'm with you. I think that's a lot of points. Um, I do think there's going to be emphasis to be a little bit more balanced for this Alabama team. Uh, like I said, mostly just to take some pressure off Max so he doesn't feel like he has to go out there and throw four touchdowns for them to, to win this game. What about Stet the Jet, mailman, 20-and-a-half fantasy points? I think you go over here. I think Stetson Bennett might be overlooked in this game. It's clear. Alabama's going to try to stop the run. There's no doubt about it. That is their defensive game plan. Put the game in Stetson Bennett's hands. I think Todd Munkin's sitting back going, okay, I think I got a game plan to be able to maximize and optimize what we will be allowed to do. And I like the over 20 and a half here for Stetson Bennett. Look, the kid is unflappable. He does. I, I love his moxie, Aaron, because he plays like he doesn't care. And there's something to be said for that. He's not careless. He plays no. like he doesn't care. And a fine mentor of mine in the NFL, Mike Leach, who played for 16 years in the league, told me there's a fine line between caring too much and not giving a shit. And you just need to be right there in the middle because you can't get too high. You can't get too low. But if you're even keel, you have that neutral mentality, you find the sweet spot. And I feel like mailman's there. I like over 20 and a half for Stetson on prize. Yeah, I don't. I think this is going to be, you know, I think we've gotten used to the, these high scoring games in the SEC. And we always we think all these games are going to be 45. Yeah. 40, and I, I don't know. Something for me just tells me this is going to be. A little bit more defensive game, obviously, because you got Georgia in there, um, and then you got an offense and, and Georgia, who, who's playing better these past couple of weeks, but they're not they're not an elite offense. Yeah, they're just not. And and for even how bad Alabama's defense was last week, Ole Miss's offense is a lot better than Georgia's offense. Ole Miss's offense is legit. They're a top offense in this country right now. Matt Corral is playing on a different level. For sure, uh, they got dudes at, at everywhere throughout that offense, and you got Lane Kiffin kind of as the spearhead running the show there. So I, to me, when I look at this game, I think it's lower lower scoring than maybe what people are used to seeing all of a sudden the SEC. So to me, that's why I don't think either quarterback hits their mark when it comes to these fantasy points right now. So I'm going to take the under. I think Georgia's going to have to do what they're going to do this entire season. They're going to have to play great defense, and they're going to have to run the football, control the clock, and try to keep Alabama's off the offense off the field as much as they can. So less of an emphasis on him airing it out a little bit. All right, head on over to prizepicks.com, download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT, and chef up a four-pick power play. Those are awesome to win 10x on real cash. Let's get to it. Number three, Georgia heads to Tuscaloosa to take on number two, Alabama. It's at 8 p.m. on CBS. Brad and Gary on the call. No Nick Saban. Bama's now a four and a half point favorite. The total's 56 and a half, Aaron. Look, we've talked about it all day. I mean, everybody's talked about it all week. This is Georgia's best shot, regardless of Saban's on the sideline or not. This is Georgia's best shot to win against Alabama. And you asked me yesterday on SEC radio, do you think Georgia is thinking about having to play Bama twice in one season? And we got a lot of questions on Twitter about that as well from all of our listeners. My short answer is no. I don't think the players are worried about what's going to happen December 19th. I don't think the players are worried about, oh, well, it's going to be revenge, and maybe Coach Saban will be there. And maybe No. 
They want to win now. You got to get the monkey off your back, and that's exactly what it is. All right, and I love Jake Fromm. Some could call me a Jake Fromm apologist while he was at Georgia, but guess what? He is no longer Georgia's quarterback. And Aaron, I think that fresh blood, that fresh approach, that new mentality of going into this game where you know if it's close in the fourth quarter, you don't have that little voice in the back of your head saying, oh, no, we might screw this up again. Oh, no, we might blow it. No, I think this is a new team. I think with this defense, it just doesn't matter. They're so good. They're so talented. I think Georgia's got a great shot, and I love Stetson Bennett's approach, and I think he's the guy that walks into Tuscaloosa and says, you know what? We play the game to see who's going to win. Let's do this thing. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I, I hate the fact that there will be an excuse about Saban not being there for this Alabama team after this game. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I was feeling pretty confident come Monday morning when I woke up looking at these two teams that Georgia had a legitimate chance to win this football game. So I'm going to go with the dogs with this one. I think there's a lot of confidence that, you know, we have the best defense in the country. We have an offense that's just can continue to get better and better through the first part of the season. And then you look at Alabama, I think they woke up on Sunday saying maybe we're not as good as yeah. we thought we were. We know we're good on offense, but maybe our defense is not a championship type defense good enough to lead us to the promised land this year. So I think there was doubts creeping into their mind Sunday morning. And then now you throw in the doubt, the fact that you don't have your head coach there on the sideline. So I just think there's a lot of mental game going on in the negative, negative way for Alabama oh, at the yeah. moment. I think Georgia comes in hungry. I think Georgia comes in a little bit more confident heading into this game. So I like the dogs, man. I just love that defense. I love the way they match up on the back end, the length, the speed, the skill from the cornerback position. It's hard in college football to have two or three good DBs no to match up with these spread offenses. And Georgia has that. There's only two teams in America that I watch that actually have cornerbacks that can match up and that they're deep enough and have multiple of them that can match up with two, three, four receivers. And Georgia and Clemson are those two teams. Sure. So if anyone can slow Alabama down enough to give their offense a chance to win the game, it would be Georgia. So I like them. I still think defense, 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 and SEC ball. Um, if they can take care of it on that side of the football, and Stetson can just not turn it over, and the running backs take care of the football, Jackson continue to play well, get burned the ball in space a little bit more. Um, I like I like the dogs in the road one and, and get that monkey off their back. All right, all right. I'm going to talk crazy now because – I, I was not as optimistic on Monday morning when I woke up. You heard my wife, Jackie. You hear what I have to deal with when Georgia loses to Alabama. I'm a broken man when it comes to this matchup. I really am. I watch with one eye closed. This might be the only matchup on Georgia's schedule where I do that. But I have grown cautiously optimistic as the week has gone by. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw this back in a historical sense. Remember what happened in 2008 when Alabama came into Georgia and flipped shit on its head and said, we're here now? Could that happen with Georgia going into Alabama saying, look, times are changing. We are the real deal. The last five recruiting classes, the last five recruiting classes, the number one team has been Alabama or Georgia. And I think Georgia three to two. All right. Remember 2004. I'm going way back. And Ryan Skates and the poor man's game notes tossed me this one. 2004. LSU came into Georgia. LSU is the fresh national champion. David Green. David Pollock, those guys stomped on LSU. Huge Georgia victory. Those momentum, season-changing, program-changing wins. Is Georgia due for that? Man, I hope so. And if Coach Saban ain't there, who gives a shit? Because honestly, it's what happens on the field, and you'll probably get another chance in December. Here's a great question from Governor Millage on Twitter. How much game day insight will Scott Cochran bring? Remember, Scott Cochran, 13 years straight, the conditioning coach at Alabama. Guy has all the details, all the insights. Now he's Georgia's special teams coordinator. I'm not so sure if there is an advantage there from a game day insight perspective, but he's going to shake it up when he walks in that stadium, which will be a blast. Think about how juiced that guy is going to be. You know the players will feed off that energy. It's just good to have on your side, Aaron. Kirby was there forever too. So yeah. okay. Kirby was part of that staff for a long, long time. And it's been in that stadium a ton. So, um, you know, offenses and defenses evolved. Uh, so I don't know about how much of an advantage it is to have him. So, you know, this is just going to come down to who executes and, and who plays. Well, I mean, that's, that's it. You have two of the top five teams in the country, two of the 
top three teams in the country who, going back to just fundamental football, who tackles better, as we've seen early in this season, teams have struggled to tackle. Teams especially have struggled to tackle in space. Uh, Georgia's done it well. Alabama has not done it well. Uh, and teams that can run the football. So it still comes back to who can do the little things yep. the right way, take care of it, tackle, block. That team will have the most success in big-time football games, uh, and that's going to really determine this one. And then we'll throw it in two special teams, the third factor. Oh, uh, baby. A huge part in a close game. If this game's close in the fourth quarter, advantage Georgia in their punting and kicking game. It's It's so true. All right, this game's going to come down to the third phase. It's very evenly matched up, strength on strength, weakness on weakness. The third phase, Georgia wins from a coverage perspective and from a kicking perspective. Camarda is balling out right now. Keep it up, kid. He is booming the ball, flipping field position, and he's finally honed in the ability to drop it inside the 10-yard line. Big ups to him. He's due for a gigantic year. And Jack Podlesny, look, Jack is crushing the ball, but... And I said this to you earlier in the week, Aaron. Jack Podlesny, PSA to you, my man. Let us hype you up on Twitter. Let us talk about how good you are. Don't retweet it. Don't, don't add a caption to people saying how good you are. We know you're good, okay? And Twitter is fun as hell when you're playing good. But if you miss a kick this weekend, guess where you're not going to want to be? Twitter. No. Because people will roast your ass, and you will want to delete that app off your phone. So keep kicking great. We're rooting for you, Pod. But don't put your own nickname out there. Don't retweet and caption quote tweet people saying how good you are. Let us take care of that. You just keep kicking the ball, bro, and we will support you. Jalen Waddell at Alabama, dude's a freak. Georgia has the athletes to contain him. It's as simple as that. If this comes down to the third phase and Alabama has to make a kick to keep them in it, love Georgia's chances. This game is going to be a lot of fun. Aaron and I are both taking the points Saturday night, we will be locked and loaded. Georgia versus Alabama. It seems like it's prime time for the monkey to be stripped off the bat. Kirby gets a huge win. This program takes a giant leap forward, and the SEC may be put on notice. But, Aaron, it is um, it is what it is, man. No saving. Huge top five matchup, top three matchup. Give me your last thoughts. I just, I mean, listen, I, I, I'll say it again. I love this all-SEC schedule. Uh, I hope we somehow add more SEC games in the future once we get a normal 12-game schedule. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's just good to see all this great SEC ball. And, and, and you know, for all those players out there, just like we said at the beginning of the show, just stay diligent and, and taking care of yourself and doing the right things and, and let the Florida be an example of, you know, how fast things can for turn. Sure. You miss a game. And, you know, the issue is you, you can miss one game. That's fine. Like we said, we have the built-in bye weeks. We'll make it up. It's, it's the problem of – if you miss two games, you miss three games, and then you can't make up a game, and then just things get really thrown out of wax there. So let this just be hopefully a one-time thing for Florida, for LSU, uh, and, and like I said, maybe like a little wake-up call for the rest of the SEC in the country as these other conferences are going to on the West Coast. Absolutely. Well, we got an awesome, awesome weekend of college football teed up for this week. It's week seven, Georgia, Alabama. We will keep it locked in right here on Punt and Pass and give you our recap early next week. All right, go to prizepicks.com, download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT. Thank you to Prize Picks for being our presenting sponsor. They are simply the best. It is Daily Fantasy Simplified. Go follow Aaron on social media at AaronMurray11. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Check out puntandpass.com. Have an awesome and safe weekend. Enjoy the great weather, and we will talk to you next week. See ya.